if I allow myself to shine, if I allow myself to be in my full expression, that also allows someone else to see that beauty inside of them so that they don't feel like they have to stay stuck. And the the less amount of people that are stuck in the world, the better off we are because we're all helping one another in one way or another. Like it's just being able to see that in ourselves and others that allows that beautiful awakening to start to occur. If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life. But it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey. And that's what you're going to get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer. I am so excited to bring you today's episode. It's such an amazing example of how you can put an intention out into the world and then watch it get delivered. I hope I never stop appreciating it when this happens because it happens a lot. If you've been following this season of this show, you know I've been on this kick about contemplation and how I believe it's an essential tool for unleashing your soul song. Contemplation has been defined several different ways. And in fact, I just heard a podcast, surprise, surprise, I just heard a podcast episode yesterday where they were talking about contemplation and how it was a word that wasn't introduced until the fourth century. And it was the desert mothers and fathers who broke away from what was the emerging Christianity. And they're the ones who coined this term contemplation, and they did it as an alternative to the word prayer. Alternative might not be the right word I'm using here, but what they mean by that is the word prayer was getting, in their opinion, the word prayer was getting um, misused and misunderstood to be more of a transactional experience. You know, I'm going to pray and ask God to give me, and in exchange, I will do X. And they didn't like the way that that was forming around the word prayer. And so they came up with this new word, contemplation. The definition that I like for contemplation, the one that I have heard, is it's a long, loving look at the real. A long, loving look at the real. This resonates with me because I think that that's the first step to being able to take any sort of grounded and transformative action. If we aren't clear about what's really going on, if we aren't honest about our shadows, about our imperfections, areas where we stumble and get caught up, if you can't look at those things without judgment, without loathing, without shame, I'm not sure how you move onward and more importantly, upward. I don't know how you get unstuck if you can't look at those things. 
I am really driven by growth. I push for greater potential. I push on possibility. That's what I've always done. That's just my natural inclination. And you can only do that when you're building on a foundation that you can clearly see. Now, I'm not saying that we're building on a foundation that's perfect, because I don't really think any foundation is going to be, quote, perfect. I'm just saying we have to be able to clearly see it. You got to know where all those cracks are so that we can include and transcend so that we can transform. So as I started talking about this whole concept earlier this year, I wondered where I would find people who could share some real-world examples of this process. And lo and behold, just as those episodes started going up, I started connecting with those very people. Of course! Today's guest is one of them. Stacy Barber is a mindset and life coach for women who want to come back home to themselves in mind, body, and soul. She helps her clients trust in their own inner compass and stop second-guessing themselves. Through mastering the art of turning down the volume on the external expectations and turning back to their inner knowing, the women Stacy supports remember who they were before the world told them differently. And in turn, they reconnect with their authentic desires, vision, and purpose. And let me tell you something. This woman has walked the walk. Her personal journey, which she shares with us today, has some really, really challenging parts that could have kept her so stuck in shame and self-loathing. It could have kept her so stuck in such a bad way. She graciously shows us the vulnerable, honest, and very real space that helped her get back into motion. She is living proof that it's possible to weave the hardest parts of our own lives into our story and still not allow them to define who we are today or who we decide to be tomorrow. It's a real-world example of the include and transcend formula that leads to transformation that we can all learn so much from. Stacy believes that it's possible to create a life that's free of apology and full of opportunity. And after you hear this conversation, I think you will too. So let's jump right in. Stacy Barber, welcome to Unleash Your Soul Song. I am so happy to have you here with us today. I'm so happy to be here and to connect with you and your amazing audience. Thank you. It's really an honor. Oh, thank you. Well, I wanted to start off a little bit off topic for just a moment, because when you and I first spoke about doing this episode, I don't even know, somehow in our conversation, we got on to the topic of the documentary, The Social Dilemma. And the timing was so funny when it came up, because just that morning I had received an email from my daughter's school asking the parents to watch it with their kids before they had this school-wide conversation about it. So that timing was kind of breathtaking when it came up in our conversation, But more breathtaking than that is the difficult decision you made after watching the film to go off social media completely, Mm. which had to be kind of scary because you're a business owner. You have a couple of businesses and you're an entrepreneur. And I think especially these days, people think you can't possibly run a business without being on social media. So I wonder, can you tell us a little bit about what that looked like for you to decide to go off social media? How how much were you using it already? How many followers did you have? How often did you engage? Just 
kind of walk us through that process of what that looked like. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share that. And yes, it was a very emotional decision. And I I think I was most surprised at the emotion that was behind it once I started becoming honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So to give you a little background, um, we'll go back to like the MySpace days for a moment, if anybody out there remembers that. (laughs) I I was never really a fan of, of the way that I kind of viewed social media from the beginning was it was this this way of taking us away from the present moment. And to give you a concrete example, I have this visual in my mind. I worked at a restaurant for years and we had this beautiful family there, you know, that we were just sisters and brothers and we would all get together and hang out. And back in the MySpace days, we all came over to one of my friend's houses and we're having great conversation. We're making dinner, we're laughing, you know, just in it. And all of a sudden, one of my friends says, hey, by the way, did you notice what so-and-so was doing on MySpace? And a few of the girls said, yeah, 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 and proceeded to go and get the computer and bring it out. And I remember sitting there observing them as well as myself being immediately taken out of the joyful moment we were having together. And we started looking at other people online, you know, at that age, you know, you're in your early twenties, you're all the things. But, but the thing that hit me was we're not, we're not with each other anymore. Like we're not present in this moment. And I, I really made like a secret vow to myself that night that, that that was really not the path that I was choosing for myself. And so for years, I mean, and then my husband and I, neither one of us were on for years. I mean, it was just not part of our experience. And I never felt like I was really missing out on anything as far as that goes. So to speak to your point, fast forward, we become business owners. And it first started with the Pilates and Gyrotonic studio that we bought in Charleston, South Carolina um, about four years ago. And there was already a social media platform that was um, had been installed and was was up and running. And so that part was still sort of on autopilot. Like I could tap into that. I had someone helping me with that. That didn't feel as if I had, you know, jumped overboard <laughs> into the social media um, river. But But then it came to when I started getting really clear about my passion and my mission in life and the business that I personally wanted to build from the ground up, my coaching business. And everything, um, society, everyone, all the coaches, everything that you hear is in order to be successful in an online virtual business, you quote unquote have to be on social media. And I remember sort of struggling with that decision, even from the very beginning of, is this something that really feels aligned? Or, and, and this is a lot of my work is I stopped listening to that voice for a moment and let all of the external um, input and, and um, opinion, I guess, start to really come in. And so I jumped on and when I got on, I became really active. And to go to your question, to your answer, your question around, I was posting, luckily I utilized Planoly. So I wasn't in it every day, but like I was posting every day. So on Mondays I would spend hours (laughs) creating content and really speaking from the heart and 
graphics and like all the things. And I, there was part that I love sharing my story. I love sharing my mission. I love inspiring and helping others. But there was something that was just almost like I would feel this drag of like, all right, you got to get ready for this, right? Like it was, and I deep, deep down, I knew that. Um, but again, I was really turning turning the volume down on my that gut feeling of, hey, little nudge here. There's something about this that isn't fully, fully aligned. Mm-hmm. So I was in that for a, a few years, really active. I built a, um, a following of up to 11,000 followers. Uh, really, really active in it. and But again, if I could be completely honest with myself, going back, there was something that just wasn't 100%. And I remember hearing about the documentary, The Social Dilemma. And I think many of us, and I think we even talked about this, you hear about it and you're like, like you're, you're almost afraid that it's going to step on your toes. So you sort yeah. of push it off. Exactly. And yeah. And so then life happened. My husband and I actually we got COVID um, at Christmas. It was a random occurrence. And, you know, that puts you that puts you in your home for 14 days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, what are some things that I really want to catch up on? What are some things I want to watch and this and that? And it just immediately, it was like that that documentary, it's, it's there. It's waiting for you to see it. So I told my husband, I said, like, I don't know if you're going to be at all interested in this, but this is something I'm feeling – really pulled to watch. So I sat down and I watched the entire documentary from beginning to end. It immediately caught my attention. Yes, it was not something that was like a news flash, like, hello, you know, you something that I didn't know that was happening. Mm-hmm. But I think the, there were a few parts of that documentary that really hit my heart and started to ask me, is there a different way to be able to do what you want to do in the world without being involved in in this sort of game, you know? Mm. And and it was um, the fact that the people that actually built these platforms, the inventors, the creators are the ones that are creating this documentary saying, we're flying the flag, y'all. Like something has to change. These platforms are changing humanity as we know it and not for not for the greater good. We're actually distracting and pulling people away from the present moment, their lives, their families. Something's wrong there. And um, there, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he he was the president of Pinterest for quite some time. And I remember him talking about, I sit in my office every day and I create these platforms and I know what they're built to do. I know they're built to, to pull us away, to distract, to all the things. And I still catch myself pulling in my driveway, sitting in my car, pulling up my my social media feeds on my phone before I go into my house to see my family. I find myself standing in the pantry completely separate from the rest of the people in my family. Like knowing that this is what it is meant to do, we're human and we're literally working against supercomputers on the other end of this device in our hand, you know, it's like this thing that's attached. And so those parts really started sort of opening my heart and my mind to what was actually happening. And the part that really sort of sealed the deal for me, just to 
to let everyone know, I have two daughters. I have a six-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old daughter. And I have been a young girl myself. And the trajectory, sort of the path that in the film, this 11-year-old little girl starts to take. Mm -hmm. See her completely going into this cocoon around around the phone, around what's happening outside of herself, around just complete um, dissociation from the people that love her. She's shutting herself out and shutting herself down. And when her mom attempts to put the phone in this like plastic glass case and lock it, the notification goes off and she cannot help herself. She literally goes over and gets, I think what was like a hammer and like breaks the box to get the phone out. And and I remember being like, oh my God, that's, that's it. Like you could see it in her eyes. And then I think the part that really, really, really like got me was when she's sitting on her bed and she's taking these cute pictures of herself and she decides to post a few after taking like 10, you know, that she has Mm -hmm. at 11. (laughs) And she posts it and she gets these, you know, little feedback. Oh, how cute. You're great. And then it's the one that that really rocks her world. And someone on the other end said something along the lines of, oh my God, could your ears be any bigger? Right. And I watch the spirit of this little person. I mean, the acting, her part was just so, so well done. But I see the life start to drain out of her face. Everything about her goes inward. It was as if she just wrapped herself, like enveloped herself in this, like, I'm not good enough. Like there's never, you know, people are going to judge me no matter what. Like my ears are too big. She starts to pull her ear, like her hair over her ears. And I, I saw, I think first of all, I saw myself in that, um, thinking about that age and how difficult it is to be an 11, 12, 13 year old human. Um, especially I think for me, just being in that, like in a female body, there's still a lot that's changing. And then I swipe over and I look at both of my daughters and it was immediately that I'm not just going to stop this for me. I'm stopping this for them because what I know is that they're not going to learn from what I'm saying to them or what I tell them or um, they'll get some of that. But like what they're really doing is they're watching. And and that for me, that that was enough. And And I remember making the decision and sitting there and then going, holy shit. (laughs) But what does this mean? Like, how am I, I go through the thing. How am I going to get my message out? How am I going to, right? Like, how am I going to succeed, quote unquote, succeed in this world without being on these platforms? And I don't know that I've told my in-laws this. I I need to tell them this story, but for, for that split second, when I started getting to that spiral of doubt and question, I, I went back. My my mother and father in law have a, this beautiful business. It's a furniture business that they built from the ground up thirty years ago, and I I immediately thought of them. And I remember thinking, this wasn't a thing back then. Like there, this wasn't this wasn't something that they had to utilize for marketing. They just like 
talk to people. <laughs> they shared what they were doing. They were in conversation with people everywhere they were to let them know. Now, granted, the business has grown so much that yes, they have a social media presence, but that is not at all how they became solidified or known for what they did. And I just, I call it social proof. I started bringing in the remembrance of there have been businesses that have been around for years that have not utilized this and are amazingly successful, you know, and, and just that, that message of coming back home to myself and being honest with what, what resonates with me? What do I really love doing? And the interesting thing that started happening is because I wasn't pouring so much time and energy into my social media marketing plan every week, I naturally had more energy to start to talk about what I do to people everywhere. I would be standing in the line at this great little bakery right down from the studio and it just it just starts coming up. I sit down and have a cup of coffee and the, the woman behind me starts talking to me and I'm talking about what I'm doing. I get creative. I find Potted and Wildcast and all these amazing platforms that are connecting people in a really beautifully organic way. And I can't tell you the conversations that I have had through those platforms, through literally just getting on the phone <laughs> and talking to someone for an hour, the so much more inspiration and meaning and um, just like that, oh, you know, the feeling that you want to connect with someone, I'm finding it. And I'm so much more inspired to, to be able to utilize those platforms than I was sitting down, pouring my heart out and then just waiting (laughs) to see if anybody could even, A, are they even going to see it? And if they do, right? Are they going to say anything back? Is it going to resonate? It it was that ultimate just throwing it out into the wind is what it felt like for me, where I feel like now I am consciously making strides and connections that I truly believe are going to build the most beautiful foundation for what it is that I'm creating. Because when you bring two people or more together in the same mindset, the same work, the same essence, that ripples out, right? Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. feel it. And so, you know, it's been almost two months now at this point of being completely off. And I feel like I got my life handed back to me in a sense. Yeah. Wow. That whole thing is so incredible. I love, well, a million things that you said in there in so many different directions we could go in, but two that kind of stand out particularly. I like when you talked about your in-laws having that business. You know, I hadn't really thought about that so much, but, you know, it's not that they don't have social media. It's just that they did the first thing first, right? They had their order of operations in the correct order. They built a quality business that people found value in. And then they used social media as the tool that it's meant to be to then get the message out. And so that's so powerful. I think a lot of times we approach it the opposite direction. I agree. And and I was guilty of that. It was um, put it out over and over and over, right? Like let people know, let people know, let people know rather than all right, you know what? Like, I just, I know that my work is powerful. I know that it's going to change lives. I know that it has meaning and I'm going to just be doing the work, you know, and then people are going to learn about it. They're going to, they're going to sense your energy, you know, like that's, 
God, if we figured this out at any point in life, it's after the last year of the power of being in in conversation or in communion with another human being. That's that's powerful. Yeah. And it's sometimes sadly we have to have things taken away from us to really value that. That's a really excellent point because I loved when you said that about what you found when you when you went off and you had all this extra time, that it wasn't so much just the time and what you did with it. It was that it gave you more energy. Mm. That to me, I was like, whoa, that was big. It actually gave you more energy to talk to more people about your business. And I, I mean, there was something that really clicked in my head when you just said that, like, I can see that. I can see that because when you pour so much of your time and energy into social media, you feel like, oh, it's already all out there. Everybody knows. I've already told them. I don't want to say it again. And they don't want to hear it again. But you're right. You don't know that the person that you're standing next to, you know, in the line or the person that you're going to have a conversation with, you have no idea if they even saw it. And here you're sitting there depleted. You don't even have the energy to talk about it anymore. So that was, that's a very big aha. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so interesting. And I actually had to sort of catch myself being like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really, I'm talking about this more. I'm, I'm, I'm just showing up. And, and the way that it really, I, I started thinking about it and seeing it, visualizing it is, it is, and they talk about this in the documentary that they, this is literally like a supercomputer. Mm-hmm. And as a human being, we can never withstand the longevity that that thing can hold us out. Like it's always going to win. And, and I think that it was that coming up against that wall of, yes, like, I'm like, do I need to say, tell my story again? I feel like I've said that a million times. Do I, you don't want to say the same thing over and over. You don't want to be repetitive. And there's all the, the rules, you know, if you want to be competitive, you need to really be out there every day. And it's like, Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? What are? Uh, yes, I think there are some beautiful things that it has provided, but I would love for all of us just to be really honest with ourselves about how much time and, like you said, energy is going into this, and is that something that I'm consciously choosing? And if not, can I step back just a second and really observe and like get curious about what it is that's happening there? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, man, we could talk about this the whole entire episode, but I know we have so so many other things we want to get to. They are related, though, because I know you you were as a mindset and life coach. You mentioned even in your own story about how you really kind of needed to come home to yourself and to say, "Mm, does this really feel like what I'm supposed to be doing? you know, it wasn't something you had been into before. And so you got into it, you built up the audience, but at the end of the day, it wasn't feeling natural. It wasn't feeling like home base for you. Mm -hmm. And in your materials, you do talk about that you really help women who are looking to come home to themselves, come back home to themselves. And that really resonated with me because I I just had a conversation, an episode that went up um, a few episodes ago with two friends. We did a book talk on Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward, which is about the spirituality for the two halves of life. And there was one chapter that all three of us loved so much, and it was about home and homesickness. Mm, love that. And he... Oh, so good. I mean, it's funny. I I joked in that thing. You know, I made a note and I said the whole chapter on home and homesickness. So much to say. <laughs> yes, it was so powerful. And he, 
You know, in his work and the whole idea of two halves of life, it's really based off of Carl Jung, the psychoanalyst. And he says, you know, there's that life is this luminous pause between two great mysteries. Mm, Beautiful. Really beautiful, right? And he says that the one great mystery is revealed to us at the beginning of our life, and it forever beckons us forward towards its full realization. And Richard Rohr is making the case that our soul is the homing device by which we're driven and called forward through a kind of deep homesickness. Mm. And for anyone who's gone through, you know, something maybe a little more dramatic than just deciding to go off social media, but I know that is, you know, that was a big step and I applaud you for it because I... I'm still on it, but it, it's I, I feel the same way that you do about what what it does and the energy it takes. But but for someone who's maybe gone through a dark night of the soul or a spiritual awakening or a really big life transition, I think this concept of home and coming home resonates so deeply with people. And I know that you've worked with so many women who've had a desire to come back home to themselves. And I'm curious to know. How does that show up? How have you seen that show up for people? Like what form did their homesickness take? What did it look like? Because sometimes it's hard to put words to it, but we know what the feeling is. So when you are working with people coming to you, what are they feeling? What are they experiencing in their lives that brings them to you? Mm, yeah, gosh. I mean, the list could go on, right? It it I but I think if I could if I could really put the words to it, there's just that sense of almost like discomfort of not really feeling as if they're belonging, that something's just off. You know, I I, I think about all the incredible women I've worked with that I've got a range of stay-at-home moms, women that have been in finance and on Wall Street. I've got women that are building their own business and living the life that they feel like they really are, you know, drawn to. It goes on and on with that. And the idea of when they just start to feel like something is just something's off. Like I, these things, you know, I'm, I'm moving forward in the life that I feel like is aligned for me, but I'm just not enjoying it or I'm just not really landing in it. Something just feels off. And most of the time it's starting to really get honest with what path am I following, right? Where, where have I decided to, to sort of veer or, or, detour off. And the way I like to think about, you know, coming back home to myself, the way I explain it is really turning down the volume on the external world. And we can think about that in in realms of conditioning, of beliefs that we have either inherited or gained from our childhood experience, um, others' opinions what we think we should be doing, right? I think even in school, we're talking about, you know, find the path that you're supposed to go and then go down the path, get the, you know, go to college, get the job, get the benefits, yada, 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 retire, happy, done. Mm-hmm. And and like that doesn't work for a lot of people. And we're it's getting to that space of really debunking this reality that we've been told and start to really turn down the volume so that we can start to listen to that internal voice. And I was just talking to one of my clients about this just the other day of she came to me saying, I really want to, you know, 
strengthen my intuition and hear it more, like mm-hmm. connect with it more. And I said, the, the beautiful part about this is that that voice is always there. It's always been speaking to you. Your only work now is just starting to turn the volume up there, starting to listen because we get so distracted, so caught up in the shoulds and woulds and what ifs that we just start to mute out this this voice, this internal, I like to think about like it's our internal being that is always nudging us in the direction that we should be going, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's got the capacity of seeing all that's possible. Whereas in our, you know, beautiful human minds, we tend to get a little blinded and we were running down the path, but it's going in the opposite direction of what's actually possible for us. And so really coming back home is starting to really begin to listen again, to connect to hear what our body is saying. Our body is such an amazing vessel that is always communicating with us. And in, everybody feels it in a different way. You know, if you if you feel like a situation may or may not be something that's good for you, usually you're going to feel it in your heart or in your stomach or some in your shoulders or throat. Everybody's got their spot, but like really starting to say, huh, what is it? Like, what is it that I'm being told? And can I begin to trust that voice? And the more we trust and the more we surrender into that deeper knowing, it's like a muscle that you're going to work out at the gym. It just gets stronger and just more more effortlessly, we can just begin to say, oh, I know that this is this is a no for me. And you just move on, right? Or, oh my God, my entire body is tingling talking about this. This is so right. Like this and more universe, this and more, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just listening, coming back home and feeling, you know, what is it that, that this person inside of you really has to say? Because it is always guiding us in the direction. It's for our greatest good, our greatest well-being. And I think that is really, quote unquote, the magic of of really starting to come back into that space again. I think you really said it best that the voice is always there. It's always there. We talk about that a lot on this show, that it comes in almost as a whisper. And it's because we have muted it. We have covered it up with so many layers of conditioning, with so many expectations, with so many norms of society and culture and religion and keep keep putting the layers on. Right. It gets very hard to hear. And so kind of uncovering that is our challenge. It's our duty. It's what the whole reason why I started this show to help people unleash their soul song. How do you get that out into the world? Because I truly believe everybody has that gift, has that thing inside of them. And that's the piece, man. Like Mm -hmm. no one else has that same piece and we need it. We really need it. And more than ever, we need everybody's pieces. So I'm always so grateful when I talk to other people who are working in this area and helping people really uncover. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the intersect between you have the Pilates studio, and I know that you focus a lot on movement and the body. How does that relate to your work with helping people uncover their inner voice and that intuition and strengthening you know, that invisible muscle, if you will, as it relates to our body and the real tangible muscles and the real tangible things we have with our body? What's the connection there? Mm-hmm. That has been really 
some of my greatest work that I've been doing on myself personally is sort of the marrying of these worlds together and seeing how they so beautifully complement one another. And and really it takes me back to to sort of the roots of of movement and and especially movement that we're talking about that is really mindful, right? Pilates yoga, that whole realm of we're not just in there pushing in and out, breathing in and out. We're reconnecting back with ourselves. So the moment someone lays down on a piece of equipment or comes into the studio, it's it's meant to be an experience of also coming back home to themselves in that space of starting to listen to your body. There will be so many clients that will say, you know, what about this? And, and, and I always go back, but what is your body telling you? Like your body is always giving you the answer. The benefit of this work is that we're reconnecting, we're strengthening that connection so that when you walk out of this space, you're more in that communication, that relationship with yourself so that you're not second guessing this, that I really feel like today I need to be outside and I need to be in nature and walking and moving my body and listening to that because it's always connecting, always communicating. It's always coming back to that. And that is the beautiful part of beginning to strengthen that internal muscle of starting to listen, starting to really open up the dialogue. And I think so often we are looking for someone else to give us the answer, right? Let me go to the doctor so they can tell me what's going on. Let me, you know, this and that anywhere, right? Yes, we can have guides. We can have someone that can help, help the the path to where we're going feel a lot less heavy but at the end of the day we are we have the medicine for ourselves we have what we need inside of us it is always being shown to us it's just a question if we're going to listen or not right and and this comes very clear in the physical and metaphysical form it's really no different and the more research i do and the understanding i have of the deep mind body connection it's it's two entities that are constantly communicating with one another. So to pull one away from the other is really to do a disservice to either realm of the work mm-hmm. because it is the relationship that that really starts to become our guide. Yeah. And and more and more we are learning. I mean science is proving more and more every day how our body actually does hold it physically holds trauma oh, in our, in in our body at various points. And to be able to move, like you said, to get in and have movement, to move that energy or to move that trauma, it's, it is actually a scientifically proven thing. It does move it along and helps you release yourself from that kind of trap, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you said it, right? It's, everything is energy. And, and our bodies tend, I mean, I think a lot of us have heard like the little T and the big T, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our bodies taken all of that on and we can, we can either decide to become aware of that and allow it to move or we can let it stay stuck, contracted, right? Hardened. And, and that's the beautiful part of having someone either begin the process in the physical form or in the coaching 
more mindful form, it's starting to move the energy. And what we know is when that begins to move in either of those realms, it starts to affect the other. So if I'm beginning to move my body and I am, I've got this specific client that comes to mind. She was a caregiver for her husband for years. And um, I remember when she came into the studio, we started doing some work around her hip area and, and her hip flexor specifically. And she could not believe how much tension was being held there. It was, it was like a rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I started talking about it and I said, you know, we went through the process of this is where your body decided to hold this. And this is your body's protection mechanism that at, at that time it had to kind of hold things together. You had to hold things together. And now it's okay to start to let that go. And as we're talking about it, as we're processing that, the muscle starts to relax and tears come to her eyes because she hadn't really had the opportunity to say, like, I don't have to hold onto this anymore. Like I can really breathe again. And that's so beautiful to be able to work through the process of that with another human being of, wow, you know, I had no idea. And the beautiful part of bringing awareness to this is now I have a chance to make a different choice. Now I have a chance to be able to do something really good for myself and feel good about this. And that's, that's the power of it of all of the the worlds coming together really for me. Yeah. Wow, that is very powerful. And I I love how you talked about there are different points of entry. Maybe you're going to start with the more mindful coming from that way or maybe you start from the body because your hip hurts, you know? Like right. why is my hip hurting or why are my shoulders so knotted up? You know, and you think it's just well, I'm just hunched over the computer and certainly there's part of that, but Typically, there's more behind it. And when you finally can get in there and release that, oh, mm-hmm. it makes space. It makes exactly. space. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's so expansive. Yeah. It's, it just gives you so much room and space. And it's so expansive and liberating. So I, I love the fact that we can approach it from many different directions. And there are so many talented people out there who can help people move through that. And now the awareness is really, I think, increasing that, yes, moving your body and doing that is connected to that same thing of if you're sitting in meditation and being mindful. It's it's all getting you in. It's, it's all getting so you in. It's so true. I love, yes. Yeah. And I think it's really coming back to what am I feeling called towards? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it increasing, you know, my mindfulness in everyday life activities? Is it me just becoming more present? Is it me, you know, making more time for my family? Or is it me physically going somewhere and taking care of myself in that physical realm? Is it walking? Is it joining a studio like a, you know, like a family there? What, what is it? And that's sort of to bring that back full circle, coming back home and saying, what do I need? Asking the question and then getting quiet. So we hear the answer. (laughs) Yes. Harder, harder part, right? Yes. So true. (laughs) Cause we think we've got it all figured out, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and just that, you know, I know we've heard a lot of people call this last year, really the, the power of the pause, but I mean, there's so much truth to that. There's so much power in that pause. How can I begin to respond to my life versus reacting to it? How can I be in the driver's seat of how I'm feeling? You know, knowing that 
we're not necessarily in control, but what responsibility can I take for how I feel, how I'm showing up, what I'm doing for myself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious from your own journey, how did you get to the space where you are right now? How did you become you know, so aware and in a way that you could help other people? And and was there a specific avenue that brought you in? Would it, did you come in through the body? Did you come in through the mind? Like, mm-hmm. what did your journey look like to get you here? Yeah. How much time do we have? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, there's so many things that I could say. I'll give you guys a Cliff Notes version of it. Essentially, I grew up in a, a home with an alcoholic father. He was an alcoholic from the day I remember knowing anything about my dad. And I remember anyone that has been in relationship or in a home with that dynamic, it it's it's difficult. And sometimes to the point that you don't even really know exactly how difficult that is at those younger ages. And then on the flip side, my mom, her father was a Baptist preacher in the mountains of Boone, North Carolina. So I felt like I kind of was experiencing life in two different polarities for the majority of my life, which felt confusing, honestly, for me of seeing the way that people were living lives completely differently um, right in front of me. And um, my mom decided around the age of, I think I was 13, 14 to leave the marriage, which was the most amazing thing that she could do for herself and for our family. It was necessary. Um, But the way I describe it is the only sense of stability, even though it really wasn't healthy, the home base that I had, it was almost like all of a sudden the rug got pulled out from under me a bit. And I felt almost like I was floating around, not really sure where I landed. And I think this just exacerbated that sense of living in these two separate worlds. And I ended up just rebelling really because I didn't really feel there was a space to land and that ended up finding myself around the age of 17 I was pregnant I had been in a relationship with someone that was not a healthy relationship I ended up dropping out of high school because I felt so just so depleted I ended up going through and having an abortion, which was one of the most difficult decisions of my entire life still to this day. Again, going back to all of the ways that I, you know, the the, the message growing up, right, mm-hmm. of the rights and wrongs that, that are put out. And um, I did know that that was a decision that I had to make for myself. And I still believe that that, that to be very true. And, but it definitely sent me into a space of, the deepest, darkest spot that I've I've really ever been in in my life of not really knowing if I had the strength to pull myself up. I had mm. um, blanketed myself in this this shame, this disappointment that was self initiated, but also messaging. If I can really look back with clear eyes, of how could you have done this? How could you have let this happen? you know, the commentary, the little, the little monkey, um, message. And I, I I remember just being laying in my bed and not even really feeling enough energy to get up and brush my teeth. There were days that I, I, I just stayed in bed all day. And I, I, I remember just starting to feel that that little like you called it before it was the the whisper right the nudge of 
this does not define you. It was these little messages of there's a different way. Like just make one, take one step today, do one thing today, really start to like that for me, I can look back and say it was me starting to really shift my mindset, the message that I was allowing to come in one tiny, tiny, tiny step at a time. And it was, okay, today you're going to get up and brush your teeth. And that was it. That was all I could handle that day. And then I had to go back to bed. And it was those little things. And the next day it was like, okay, you can get up and brush your teeth and maybe you're going to go sit outside for a little while. And it was choosing for myself that getting to a space that things in our lives, they can, they will affect us. They will be part of us. They are part of the weaving of who we are forever. Can they be part of us and then not define who we are today and who we decide to become tomorrow? And yes. those those little those little parts of okay, I don't have the strength to go back to school yet. Like I cannot face that yet, but what are my other options? Can I can I get my high school diploma through the community college here? Yes, I can do that. Great. Done. Can I begin to seek help? Can I get involved in something that helps me see the world bigger than myself? Can I begin to start the wheels turning, that that momentum, that movement, that space? Can I start to make space for myself so that I can start to move out of this? And it took – a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of like, like um, red face tears, praying on your knees moments. Um, mm-hmm. Please help me move through this. And mm-hmm. and it came back to me starting to take responsibility for my actions, allowing that to be part of me and not define who I am, all of me, and deciding what kind of life do I want to live because. I, my life was not taken. I had it in front of me. I had the that potential to be able to make something from this. And as I started to shift my mind, as I started to forgive myself, as I started to ask for forgiveness from the, the people that I had felt that I had really hurt in that process, as I allowed that grace to really like come in. I I cannot begin to tell you the power that came behind me not staying stuck because as I began to move out of that by sharing my story, by being honest, by being very transparent about every aspect of it, I started reaching people that I never would have thought needed that message. And I I could write a book about the people that have written me and said – Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for sharing your truth because that allowed me to see that I'm not alone. And I I was in this too or I felt the same way or that is so powerful. And I think that that's coming back around to what we've been talking about, like around the creating the movement, creating the space, that forward momentum of if I – allow myself to shine, if I allow myself to be in my full expression, that also allows someone else to see that beauty inside of them so that they don't feel like they have to stay stuck. And the the less amount of people that are stuck in the world, the better off we are because we're all helping one another in one way or another. Like it's just being able to see that in ourselves and others that allows that beautiful awakening to start to occur. 
Oh, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I feel I'm sure that was a very hard story to come to a point where you were comfortable sharing on a very public platform and in a very public way. And I do think it's important. I do think sharing those experiences and how you moved through them, it is so galvanizing to other people. And you just don't ever know. You never know. Like you said, people have written you. You would have no idea that that they needed to hear that. But this was the piece that you were meant to bring in that situation. And if you hadn't brought it, that person wouldn't have been served. Yes. So it's it's so incredible. I love the fact that you really touched on, you know, allowing your experiences to be part of you, you include them, but not define you, mm-hmm. you transcend them. Yes. You know, I t- I've talked about that a lot this season and the idea of the fact that we grow actually by doing it wrong often, <laughs> yes. you know, like sadly, <laughs> we, we're, yes. we're human. That's our job here is to do these things and we're not going to do it right all the time. And I do think we do get conditioned that there's a right way, there's a wrong way. Mm -hmm. And so you feel like, oh gosh, if I do something the wrong way, there's so much shame wrapped around that. And it doesn't allow us to move forward because that shame just shackles us. It just ties us down and we cannot make any space and we cannot move away from it. And we cannot grow from that experience, which is a shame Mm -hmm. in and of itself. That's the shame actually, (laughs) that you can't, you can't, you know, release yourself from that. So I think it's beautiful that you were able to move through that. And I think it's very just brave and powerful and so, so hard. And I, my heart really goes out to people who are stuck in similar situations or feeling that kind of stuck stuckness. Mm-hmm. And I, I just so appreciate you sharing that with all of us and and bringing us along your journey there. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It, it, there's something that came to mind that I think is worth speaking to of the, the growth that happens sort of in the darkness. And yeah. I remember learning about um, the process of planting a seed for any, any, you know, tree or plant. You plant the seed in the, in the dirt, underneath the surface you go underneath to the soil and the seed begins to process its growth to start to begin to expand in the night like it is not happening in the middle of the day when the sun is shining the brightest it begins its spiraling process of expanding and sprouting and growing underneath the surface in the night. And I remember hearing that and being like, oh my gosh, this is so, so relevant and how beautiful nature always mirrors back to us what what it is that we need to see in ourselves. But it's so true in those moments is sometimes the most amazing opportunity and potential of really experiencing that deep groundbreaking growth, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. just to be able to allow that to say, what am I being taught here? What is coming up for me? And also allowing ourselves to really realize, like you said, speaking to anyone that's it's, is experiencing this right now, that we are never alone. There yeah. is someone out there who is either going through what you're going through or has gone through what you've gone through. And when we can start to, it's that Maya Angela quote, to realize that we're more alike than we are different, mm-hmm. that's when the the shackles start to break off. And we say, you know what? Like this, this is no longer serving me. It's time for me to drop the shame. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, to recognize that the darkness and being in that darkness, it's part of the process. You cannot skip it. You can't jump nope. over it as much as we might want to. And somebody pointed out to me not too long ago, actually, uh, in the song, What a Wonderful World, which we all think about, you know, what a wonderful world. Like it's everything's beautiful. There's a line in that song about the dark, sacred night. Mm, really? The dark, sacred night. I'd never heard that line before until someone pointed it out to me. And it's in there. And I thought, oh, man. And I'm a songwriter. So I was like, that is brilliant songwriting because it's true. You cannot have this wonderful world without that dark, sacred night. So so true. So So true. true. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So I know that you're doing so much work to help people. Clearly, you have done the work yourself and you have moved through this experience. And so can you give us an idea of some things that you're offering right now, some things you have going on right now with your studio and with your coaching and what's uh, percolating for you these days? Yeah, definitely. Um, Thank you for providing the opportunity. I I have always loved really deep relationship one-on-one work. I would say that is sort of my flagship program is my one-on-one program where I just invite in amazing humans who are ready to start to reconnect with that voice, come back home to themselves. And I offer that in a few different programs, a four-month program and then an eight-month program. So we can kind of expand the experience together. I have beautiful sister circle called Sisterhood Collective, where it's this, it's getting together and realizing our sameness and being able to support and love one another through that. And that is a three-month program that I have ongoing with amazing sisters that are just coming in that are, are ready to drop the drop the story, you know, and really start to come back into their truth. And so that is something I've got going on in the coaching realm. In the studio, we are, thank goodness, we're back in person. We have our amazing clients coming back in every day. We are saving grace through all of COVID is that our main sort of business model was always based around private and semi-private, like smaller one-on-one really meeting the person where they're at. So that has been, we've been able to do that really safely, which has been beautiful. And I'm getting ready to roll out a few offerings that I'll be doing monthly, some meditation options and different things through the studio to be able to continue to cross the paths of this connection that that we have going on and helping people really be able to utilize all facets of this healing work that we're providing. That's great. And so your work that you do, I know with the studio that's in person and you have to be there for the equipment and whatnot, but for your your group, the Sisterhood Collective, is that something that, that's online that people can participate no matter where they are in the country? Yes, 100%. All of my coaching is virtual. And I I love that being able to work with people from all over the world. Wonderful. And all of that information is available, I know, on your website, which I am going to link to in the show notes. And I think there are some other resources on your website that people can tap into and get those for free. So you want to tell them about that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I just finished up a five-day training. It was called Reset for Radiance, which was so fun to create. And it's just a rollout program to where we get your email and you just every day you'll get sort of, it's almost like a 
um, training slash, uh, what am I trying to think? Not, not boot camp, but just like a little challenge of how can you start to implement these concepts into your day-to-day life? I've got a resource that I'm called Feminine Flow and Lunar Connections talking about as women, just that we were speaking to the seasons of a woman's life, mm-hmm. the seasons of her cycle, how that's so deeply connected to nature, to the moon cycle and how really coming to the awareness of that gives us so much power back so that we aren't in that out on the buoy in the middle of the ocean feeling like we're being knocked around emotionally. We can start to say, okay, like I know where I'm at in my cycle this month. This is why I'm feeling this way. How can I, how can I give myself a little loving kindness and compassion in this moment so that I can show up from, you know, the, the most beautiful way that I can for my family, for my business, so that we're not trying to do all of these, you know, big, amazing things that are putting so much energy out when our body is really calling for us to come back in and bring the energy in, right? So it's a really beautiful guide to be able to help you start to come back home to yourself in that way as well. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Those are great tools. Thank you so much for making those available to everyone. And thank you so much for being here today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. The time absolutely flew by. And I'm just so grateful that we connected. I'm so grateful, actually, that you went off of social media and went on to the other platforms because that's how we met. And we had a wonderful conversation and an even better conversation today. So thank you so much, Stacey, for being here. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Yes, thank you so much. This was so beautiful. And I love this, you know, just this connection and being able to provide the ripple that this will, I know, meet so many souls in the world. So thank you so much. It was such an honor to be here with you. I would love to hear what you thought of today's show. Did you get something valuable from it? If so, don't keep it a secret. Tell your friends and family. I want everyone to unleash their soul song because the world needs all our beautiful music. I'd also really appreciate if you subscribe to the show on iTunes, rate and review. You may not realize it, but that's the best way to help other people find the show. I hope you'll come visit with me at theintuneexperience.com. While you're there, download your free copy of Intune Insights, designed to inspire you to unleash your soul song. I'd also love to hear from you on Instagram at unleash your soul song. Shoot me a message. Let me know. What'd you think about the show? Tell me what you want to hear about and what you're struggling with so that I can craft shows that provide you with insights, inspiration, and the tools you need to venture on your own personal journey. Listen, this world is busy. Our days are really full and life is super distracting. We're pulled in so many different directions every day. And so I thank you for joining me here today. Have a great week. Your neighbor, stranger down the street. Form a chain, form a chain. Grab the cloud, grab the cloud. Cause we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we haven't even touched our highest ground. Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and our services, please visit www.unleashyoursoulsong.com.
F-O-U-R, the numbers 26studios.com. That's www.426studios.com.